Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Feeling groovy, Dano. Way to go. Uh, man, what a... Uh, <laughs> folks, it's just a... Uh, it's, you know, for my loyal listeners out there and uh, the folks who listen to the show occasionally, I really appreciate your support, but I need you now um, uh, more than I've needed you in a while. I uh, don't mean to be hyperbolic or melodramatic, no need for uh, unnecessary emotion in this, but um, for some reason, actually, I think we all know the reason. There's been this nonstop assault going on on conservative thought on social media and elsewhere, and there's been efforts ongoing for a very long time to silence conservatives. Yep. Uh, my Twitter account last night got uh, banned from promoting ads. No one will give us a reason why. What? Um, yeah, Joe. Um, so I'm going to go into this a little bit during the show. I've also been under attack uh, for basically every media appearance I do on the firearm and Second Amendment issue. Um, it happened again last night. People, they're just making things up now, a lot of these reporters. Um, and folks, they're using the emotions surrounding this tragedy um, to really silence people who have a voice in this and, and want to really are genuinely uh, interested in, in fixing this problem. And yeah. folks, it's disgusting. It's unbelievable what's happening. I'll give you some details during the show. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do need your help. And I'm going to ask uh, something of you if, uh, if you don't mind uh, during the show today. I'm sorry if I sound a little discombobulated but it's been a long night for me with my wife trying to go through my twitter account and figuring out what 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 was so uh you know wrong and we genuinely folks can't we're not like playing dumb with you i can't yeah. figure it out the only thing i can figure out we did wrong is um we're conservatives and there, there's a serious viewpoint discrimination going on over twitter and in other places but it's just getting really really troubling all right folks today's show brought to you by our buddies at FilterBuy, thank you for to all our sponsors who keep the show free. I do appreciate it. Uh, it's, their website's FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuyBuy.com. Folks, it's cold out there. Your HVAC system's working overtime. You got to keep those filters clean. If you don't, like um, I didn't when I moved in my house, I tell Joe this story all the time. I blew out both of my air conditioning <laughs> units because I had filters that were basically made of concrete because they had so much dust and junk in there. Check out FilterBuy.com. They make their products right here in the United States. And the nice part about FilterBuy is if you uh, set up auto delivery with them, you'll get 5% off. You can save money. You can save time. Keep those filters clean. Keep that HVAC system in uh, in pristine condition. Let the air flow through it. Get those pollen, uh, pollen particles allergy aggravating pollutants and mold out of the air they have 600 plus uh, filter options there they can custom option them all the way up to hospital grade filtration in the air check out filterby.com that's filterbuy.com again if you set up auto delivery you'll get five percent off it's a really great company i talk to them a lot they're uh they're really good to their customers too go check them out if you have an air filter for a commercial location or your house go to filterby.com that's filterbuy.com all right, so what happened here? Um, yeah. Last night, I'm in. I'm at CPAC, for those of you who are coming down. I was coming down from New York. I had a really busy day yesterday. I, I don't give you all a lot of behind the scenes because, you know, this is an hour show, and I'm, I'm Joe and I are very concerned about giving you quality content in a short period of time. But that's why I don't go into a lot of personal stories, but the personal story in this case is the story. So um, 
I was really busy yesterday. I was up at Fox and I was doing a lot of media appearances. I did one in the morning for Fox and Friends and I did Brian Kilmeade's radio show up at Fox News Radio. I then came down and did Outnumbered and then jumped on a train back to D.C. and went right to the Tucker Carlson studio. For those of you who don't know, Tucker Carlson studio Fox is in D.C. The rest of those places, Outnumbered and Fox and Friends, are up in New York. So to say I had a really busy day yesterday um, would be an understatement. Again, it was great. I'm not... Uh, I don't like whiny snowflakeism. It was it was a good day, but it was busy. Right. I say that because it's really tough, folks, to go on the air. Basically, yesterday between phoners, I did two phone interviews four or five times, and to say the same thing in different ways. Do you get what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. I mean, Joe. Yeah. Joe's been in the radio business a long time, and you know what I'm saying, Joe, right? I mean, yeah. you get a guest on who's a frequent uh, guest on your radio show there in the morning at WCBM, and. What makes a good guest a good guest is you learn how to say the same thing in different ways to keep people interested in fresh content. Make sense? Yeah. I bring this up, folks, because this is difficult. We're talking about unbelievably difficult topics right now. This what happened down in Parkland is not easy to talk about when three million people are watching in prime time and during the morning and millions are listening on the radio. And in a case of Joe and I and our at our podcast program here. Um, millions of people a month. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to do this all the time. It's especially difficult to do it when what you say and what you're going to say, you know is not going to be popular, but you believe is right. Joe and I don't say things here and we don't take positions because we believe they're uh, politically advantageous. We say things because we think they're right and we think we're defending first principles and real principles and your liberty. Having said that, I am a contributor for NRA TV. That's not a secret. I said it on Outnumbered. We said it on Fox. It's on my Twitter handle. It's not a secret. It's not meant to be a secret. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I enjoy working there. But every time I go on television to talk about what happened in Parkland and propose something that I believe is an actual fix to the problem, and I also discuss things which I think are obstacles to solving the problem, I find myself under absolutely relentless attack by media hacks who just cannot... the opposing, they cannot stand an opposing view. Right. Joe, the only acceptable view right now, and I haven't told Joe any of this, mm. the only acceptable view right now, the only thing you are allowed to say is gun control, gun control, gun control, and if you don't say it, you are to be ostracized, you are to be shut up, right. and you are to be, you are to be effect, in effect, media, media shadow banned. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it's everywhere, folks. It's Mediaite, it's the Daily Beast. I'm not going to link to their articles, but here's what happened. So last night I was on Tucker's show, and I did an appearance on the show, and we were talking about the student protests. And no matter what you say, Joe, they will destroy, convolute, and tear up your words and make it sound like you're saying something you're not. Yeah. Tucker and I were absolutely, Joe, crystal clear. You can watch the hit yourself. It's up there. I'm sure somebody has it somewhere. Just Google Tucker Carlson, Dan Bongino. And on the hit, we specifically made the point that the kids who were involved in this in this unbelievable incident i mean i i remember because i can't even imagine what it must have been like how they absolutely have the right of course to speak up matter of fact i made the point that their voices would be very valuable in this especially with regard joe i mean let's watch the hit with regard to 
missed signals. Don't you think, Joe, like if you wanted to find out what was wrong with a kid in a high school and how the FBI and the local sheriff's department missed all the signs, who do you want to talk to, Joe? You want to talk to the kids he was surrounding with. These, right. th- these kids and teenagers that were involved in this have an unbelievably valuable voice. I simply made the point that what I find odd in the media, and again, just watch the hit, folks. Watch the appearance. Sorry, using media jargon here. Hmm. I made the point, Joe, that I think, ironically, the media is focusing more on these teenagers and their take on supply side gun control measures, which is, as I said, a comp- verbatim, a complicated and layered issue where I, I think there are it, it requires you to study what happened, what happened in Australia, what happened when they've instituted gun bans, what happened with the with the assault weapons ban and the Clinton administration. These are complicated issues. They're relying on these teenagers and that they're using them to advocate for an agenda. Yes, they are. On that end, and I, I which is fine. I, let me be crystal clear. These kids have beyond a right to speak out. They've been through something horrible. But they're not focusing on where I think these kids could be of an enormous benefit, which is how all these signs were missed. What did these kids see in Cruz? What did they, they're not focusing on any of that. And the point I was trying to make is this isn't like the kids' agenda. The kids can say and should say whatever they feel like saying right now. I was simply making the point that the media is minimizing that end of it to advance their agenda, Joe, not the kids' agenda. These teenagers are not. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and what I find odd is when mm-hmm. it comes to other situations where victims of crime have a voice, the media is really not interested in their story. In other words, Joe, think about victims of terrorism, the victims of, of crime from illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. Do you see them? I mean, these, these families don't get the voice and the platform. Uh, I mean, to the extent, I'm, I'm sure they've been interviewed. I don't want to be, I don't want to do what the media doesn't and lie about it. But are they getting the platform that, that other victims, and, and I just find it interesting. It's not a knock on anyone other than the media for hypocritically um, it, it saying one thing and doing another. That was the point I was trying to make. Sorry, I got to get some water, folks. It's been a long night and I'm just like really bothered. Now, what happened after that? So after that relentless assault, you know, wake up to that nonsense. Last night, I'm dealing with Twitter. What happened? I mean, how many times have I promoted, you know, my account on Twitter and Twitter in general endlessly, especially when I'm in for Mark Levin? I find out last night that sometimes we run ads on the um, on Twitter for our show to promote the content of the show. It's like Facebook ads and Twitter. It's part of our marketing budget. Mm -hmm. I get an email last night, Joe. Again, I didn't tell Joe any of this. By the way, on a lighter note, that is some outfit you get on there. What, Joe today? has like a V-neck Elvis looking yeah, Fonzie t-shirt on <laughs> with his Elvis hair and his strings of hair hanging down the front of his face. Yeah, he, I'm telling you, you look like the gravy sweating Elvis right now. Well, thank you very the, much anyway. Th- thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For, sorry, <laughs> folks. I got to lighten up. I mean, this is, I've had such a rough night, but I find out this morning, Joe, that our account is now ineligible to run ads. And it says for inappropriate content. What? I, 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 what is right? Of course, I didn't tell you because I, you know, I, I always prefer a genuine reaction on the show. Folks, I, I look through my entire account. I don't know what they're talking about. I genuinely have no idea. The, and I lost about 5,000 followers last night. So mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a favor. Um, I am, if you could tweet at Jack... 
J-A-C-K. He is the Twitter CEO. Mm-hmm. And at Twitter support, um, I would appreciate them you, you asking them why, in fact, we're prevented from running ads. And I'm going to ask you another favor. And I, I, I please, folks, I, I know this sounds very self-serving, but it's I, it's really just a response to this. I've never asked you to do this before outside of just mentioning the account. And, but, um, you know, please follow me, follow my account on Twitter, because if we can't advertise our content while the liberals out there can say whatever they want, they can accuse us of being accomplices to murder. Mm-hmm. The NRA people will be accomplices to murder. They can accuse us of all kinds of vile and disgusting things. And we can't get our content out there because we're, in fact, shadow banned and prevented from advertising our content. Then we're it's over, folks. We're going to lose the social media war. So I'm asking you, please follow me. Please, if you wouldn't mind, recommend the account to others. It's the only way for us to over... I, I mean, I know I know it sounds self-serving. I entirely understand that. My apologies in advance. But I don't typically make this a part of the show. But I don't... I'm, I'm disappointed. I don't know what else to do. Um, I can't... I can't fight that beast right now. I'd like to see Twitter go the way of MySpace, personally. And I'd see another outlet that's fair and open. Um, but uh, right now, there isn't one. That's it. And we have to fight on the platforms we have. And unfortunately, that's the only platform we have. Me, you know, canceling my Twitter account is not going to do me any good or you any good or the conservative ecosystem any good. You know, Dan, now, I, I think our listeners would be happy to help out. I do. I, I think no, they're great. I get that and feeling I, just from the correspondences. I think they'd be glad to help. out. Yeah. You've seen the tweets and yeah. the emails even you get. What are you yeah. at? Joe Haas with a Z1. Yeah. Yeah, he's Joe. at Joe. Follow Joe too at Joe Haas one. No, I, I, I need your help, folks, on this. Uh, I would really deeply appreciate. It. And let me just uh, wrap this up by saying one last thing. I got an email last night, uh, or actually yesterday afternoon. Um, one of the more horrifying emails. I get a lot of email, folks. So typically, what I do is I have to, I read them. I promise, but I, I, you know, sometimes I have to kind of scan through to get to the point. Sometimes because there's just a lot of email that mm-hmm. comes in. But I got one yesterday that was uh, just heartbreaking. And I mean, I can't verify the authenticity of it, but it certainly sounded by all accounts and by the detail in it to be somewhat legitimate. So I felt uh, that passing it on would be appropriate to you all. It was from someone in Coral Springs. I'll leave out name, everything else, but um, obviously. And it was an account by someone who was there um, at the scene in a response mode. And the accounts of some of the kids running out um, with, you know, how do you say it? Um, um, like pieces of other body parts like on, on them from other kids. is, is it's, it's, it's hard to read. Mm-hmm. Folks, you know, you can't read that without being deeply impacted. And that's why I say to you, I mean, why do you think we're doing this? Do you think I read that? And as a father myself, as a guy who dedicated his, I'm actually glad my camera's not working for Joe right now, but Mm. do you, you know, do you think that as a dad and as a guy who dedicated his, his life to really what I thought was doing the right thing, being a police officer and being a secret service agent, that that doesn't hit me right in the gut that I didn't read that. And I was sitting on a train and I didn't get choked up. I'm trying to fix this too. I'm doing my best. I just want to do what works. Because the irony is the the individual who sent me the email said at the end was 
it's insinuating that the purpose of the email was that these kids had no way to defend themselves. That these these kids were just there was nothing they could do. And I'm just encouraging you to understand that I'm simply trying to give a fighting chance to people who aren't going to have a fighting chance otherwise to the evil among us. I'm not doing this for any other reason. I get paid by other folks for my opinion. They don't pay me and tell me what to say. Ever. You understand what I'm telling you? Ever. Under any circumstances. You tell me what to say. This is a, folks, we have about, uh, we have the second biggest conservative podcast in the country. You think I'd say this on my show if I didn't mean it? Where I work, and you know who I work for, you tell me what to say, I'm out. I say what's in my head, and I am genuinely trying to help here. All right, I'm um, having said that. You know, I brought this up in the past too, folks, with everything going on with Twitter and the silencing of conservative voices out there. Mm-hmm. Folks, sadly, it, it may be time to seriously look at what a conservative economy would look like. I mean, I, this is, I don't know how much longer this can continue where the mainstream media, folks out there like Media Matters and others, these groups that are anti-First Amendment, anti-free speech, that are active police state supporters, some of them. Um, I don't know how long this continue. Uh, and I, I want to just leave it at this. I know I, because this is, I had some notes to get to and I wanted to be sure you understood it, that at some point in the future, you know, we may have to go to a subscriber model here um, because I, the, I don't know if you understand how nasty what's going on behind the scenes really is. It's not just me, folks. It is a number of the problem. If you, any of you are interested in conservative podcasting or conservative commentary or liberty based commentary or being a constitutionalist and having a public profile, let me just warn you right now. As your profile grows, you will find yourself under relentless assault by people who are absolutely committed to silencing your voice. And the more your voice is spread around on social media and through your podcasts and television appearances, the more they will try to silence you. It's Pravda-like, but it is very, very real. The pressure is intense. Um, the pressure is 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 sometimes it's a lot to deal with for me and others. I spend about 20% of my time dealing with nonsense, not related to content of the show, but dealing to the police staters on the left who want to shut us up all the time. So at some point, I don't know if, uh, you know, I'm trying desperately to, to, to keep this show free, but I just want you to understand in the future, it, in the future, it may not be possible because the result, the assault is endless. They are trying to stop everyone and anyone who presents even a mildly alternative viewpoint from speaking out. Okay, sorry, folks, about the long-winded beginning. My my apologies, but I um I, I just want to be honest with you about what's going on behind the scenes. It will not stop. All right, um, I got a lot more to get to today. There's some fascinating data I saw. I've, a, a listener of the show sent me, I get a lot of great articles on email, but this one was fascinating. It was an article about some of the more disingenuous talking points out there about gun control, which are not going to make us safer. Keep in mind, Joseph, just to be clear, yeah. 30,000 feet. We are talking about things I absolutely believe in my heart. 
in my soul, with every fiber of my organic matter that will make you safer. And I want to fight against things that will not. There are some disingenuous talking points out there about gun control that I want to debunk. And one of them is, is the comparisons they make to make the U.S. look like a violent country full of killers. These comparisons are inaccurate. So uh, hat tip to the viewer. Hey, before I get to that, um, today's show brought to you by our friends over at uh, iTarget as well. Speaking of firearms, folks, if you're going to have one, you really have to learn how to fire it accurately. Anybody can fire a firearm. The question is, can you fire it and be accurate with it at the same time? You know, dry firing is a great way to practice your uh, your trigger control, your sight alignment, especially your grip in the back. When I was a Secret Service agent, we did a lot of dry firing. Now, obviously, you got a, a Make sure it's safe. Check it. Check it twice. Check it three times. Lock that slide open or open up that barrel. Look, listen, feel, as I say. Stick that pinky down there. Make sure there's nothing in there. And the iTarget Pro system, they will send you a laser bullet. The laser bullet goes in the firearm you have now. You have 9 millimeter. You have 40 caliber, 38, whatever it may be. And when the uh, when the when you depress the trigger, it'll hit the uh, the rubber backer on the laser bullet, and it'll emit a laser onto a target that they send you, and you get to see where your rounds go. My father loves this thing. I get tremendous reviews on it because it allows you in the safety and security of your own uh, home to take your dry fire practice to the next level. Competitive shooters dry fire ten times more than they live fire. It's hard to get to the range sometimes, folks. You know it's expensive. It's great to go, but you have to clean the weapon. You have to buy the ammunition. It gets to be tough sometimes. Check out the iTarget Pro system. It's a letter I. It's iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com. And if you pick up the product, uh, you'll get, uh, I'll give you a promo code Dan, it's my first name, D-A-N, for 10% off. It's iTargetPro.com, the letter iTargetPro.com. Go check it out. I get really tremendous reviews about this by people who really worked on and, uh, and perfected their skills. Okay. So someone sent me an article from um, Mises.org, which is a really terrific website about the comparisons made between the U.S., Joe, and what they say is uh, developed countries. And the liberal talking point here is that, uh, you know, hey, folks, listen, uh, you know, the U.S. is a violent country because when compared to other developed countries, you see the U.S. uh, gun homicide rate is really high. Well, as a, let me just quote to, to start this off. Let me quote the Mises.org piece, and it'll be in the show notes today at Bongino.com. And f- let me humbly beg your forgiveness. I forgot to put the Cato piece I talked about the other day in the show notes. I hate when I do that. It'll be in today's show notes. The Cato piece, just to uh, rewind a bit, is a piece about are the statistics on, quote, mass shootings accurate? Are they really going up? And it's, it's a short piece, but it's, it's, you need to look at it because you need to understand the data before we can make you know, legislative proposals, okay? So the Cato piece will be in there today. But I'll put this Mises.org piece in there as well. And here's a quote from there. It says, nevertheless, we've heard it all too many times uh, to count. The gun laws in the United States are insane, quote, because countries like Sweden and Luxembourg have far more restrictive gun laws and are much safer because of it. The U.S. has the highest murder rate in the, quote, developed world, presumably because of its lax gun laws. We are told again and again and again. Now, this the uh, author of this piece makes a terrific point, Joe. He says, well, why are we comparing the United States to largely homogeneous societies like Japan, Sweden and Luxembourg, when in reality, 
the Joe diversity, right? It's yeah. all about diversity. When you take into account the ethnic and cultural and racial diversity in the United States, a more appropriate comparison amongst the quote developed world would be Mexico, uh, Venezuela, mm. Russia, other countries. But they're left out, Joe. Mm. Now, why do you think countries like Mexico, Russia, and Venezuela would be left out in a comparison of, of gun homicide rates and, end quote, gun deaths around the world? Well, I'll give you the answer. All right. Because- they're much higher yeah. in those countries. And of course, it would make the U.S. look relatively safe in comparison. Now, folks, I know I encourage you often to read pieces I put in the show notes. And again, I understand that, uh, you know, it's 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 not it sometimes sounds a bit self. Sorry, go to my website. read, But they're not my pieces. OK, they're, this is a Mises.org piece. I don't benefit from it. I just want you to read it because it's a really, really well done piece. And what he, he shows in there the author of the piece, he puts in there how they they pre-select, Joseph, they pre-select the, quote, developed countries, yes. and they pick the ones that have these unusually low, quote, gun death rates, but the ones that have, I'm not, this is just typical liberal, you know, gobbledygook hmm. designed to confuse you into thinking that gun control is some method to make you safer when I'm making the case to you that it won't. Interestingly enough, when you take out countries like Venezuela, countries like Mexico, countries like Argentina, countries like Russia, and you only include, and when I say home, homogeneous societies, I mean people who are largely culturally uh, identical. They, you have uh, you know, a Japanese society, you have the Swedes, Luxembourg. But when you put in more diverse societies that have different collections of people from different parts of the world, all of a sudden you see the, the statistical... Uh, mosaic looks different, Joe. Mm. The United States all of a sudden doesn't look like, you know, the most violent country in the history of humankind, like some liberals are bent on, on painting it. Now, why would that benefit their agenda? Because they want to make you believe that we are so incredibly violent that we need to do something special to control firearms here, because if we control firearms here, it will reduce these incredibly violent tendencies that seemingly exist only in the United States. Folks, this is garbage. This is junk. Now, I have another uh, line from this piece, which is good. <sighs> See, it, when it, he talks about the, in the, the Mises.org piece, they talk about a prejudice about the developed world versus the third world. In other words, Joe, I, I thought, you know, liberals, their, their case was that, hey, listen, everybody around the world, we're all God's children. We should all come here. These are all good people. And certainly I agree. Not about the immigration component, but I absolutely believe people all over the world, regardless of the economic status of the world, are all created in God's uh, likeness and image. Well, I agree on that 100%. Yeah, so why the prejudice? Here's an interesting take from the piece. He says, uh, he says, note, however, that these comparisons always employ a carefully selected list of countries. It's important, folks. Most, most of which are very unlike the United States. They are countries that were settled long ago by the dominant ethnic group. They are ethnically non-diverse today, and they are frequently very small countries, such as Norway, with a population of 5 million. With very locally-based democracies, again, unlike the U.S., with an immense population and far fewer representatives in government per voter. Politically, historically, and demographically, the U.S. has little in common with Europe or Japan. So, folks... What these, what the author's trying to say here is, if you're contri if say you're doing a, 
a survey, Joe. You're doing some kind of a statistical analysis on the effect of a new drug. Yeah. And you want to compare two groups. You want to compare it to, to, to two groups that either the effects are randomized over the two groups, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure they're two similar groups of people. You don't want to, especially when it comes to sociological research and that kind, which is having a replicability crisis, by the way, reproducibility crisis. You want to compare groups that are similar because you may be getting effects that are different from the effects you intended based on the differences in the group, not in the differences in the treatment. Let's compare apples to apples. Apples to apples. So in other words, yeah, yeah, exactly, Joe. You may just be getting an effect from the drug that's due to different the cultural differences or the or some kind of biological difference based on the homogeneity of the population rather than the effect of the drug. I hope I'm not losing anybody. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're cool. You want to compare basically similar similar societies here. Do you notice how all of these studies that are done on this, they eliminate the more diverse populations and other, you know, and and they take other factors out of the equation. The reason they're doing this, folks, is to make us look a lot worse, to make us look like a really violent society. Uh, More interesting about the data is when you compare the United States to places like uh, Mexico, Venezuela, Russia and Argentina and other places, Joe, what's fascinating is. These places have more restrictive gun laws in many cases than the United States in general. Remember, they vary by state. They have more restrictive gun laws and they are more violent. They have more gun deaths. So how exactly, I'm not sure how that makes your argument. I'm not sure how that buttresses the left's argument that somehow more restrictive gun regulations and rules and laws are going to make it safer by comparing it to countries around the world. When you compare it to countries around the world and you do a proper analysis and you don't eliminate the countries that don't make your argument, which is what they do, Mm. you find that the United States, even though in total has some less restrictive gun laws in some of these other countries, they actually have lower gun death rates. Folks, that, that is exactly the opposite of the argument the left wants you to believe. You understand that? It's the, it's the opposite. They're not, the, left, the left's argument falls apart. It collapses there. Now, let me see another part of the piece, which is really good. I have a couple of them in there today, in the show notes on, on uh, firearms and gun laws that I think are really interesting. Here's another one. The, uh, the, the way they measure gun deaths, folks, a, a large proportion of these gun deaths are not, in fact, gun homicides or, or they are suicides. Now, that doesn't make it any better for society, whether you kill yourself with a firearm or, or some other horrible way. It doesn't make it any better, but it certainly skews the statistics show, um, making it appear that a society is more violent when the, you know, the, the, you're using a statistic called gun deaths rather than gun homicides in many cases right. takes into account that many of these people took their own lives. Now, albeit horribly tragic, that is far different than someone shooting someone else. It's just categorically different. I think that's obvious. It's tautological. It's not, I'm not saying anything profound. But if we're going to have an open conversation about gun violence, I think it's important that you segregate out what are gun suicides from gun crimes and gun homicides. They are different. And that's not what a lot of these statistics do. So summing up, if you read the piece, you'll find out, number one, that they eliminate a lot of the countries where, where, quote, gun deaths, even though the statistic is skewed. And I just discussed that and I'll get to it again in a second. But when you leave out countries where gun deaths are higher, 
Of course you're going to get a number that shows the U.S. is this super violent country because you eliminated all the countries where the data shows that that's actually not the case. It's not complicated, Joe. This is very, you know, if you want to do a study on people who are, uh, say, obese and you eliminate all the obese people from the room, then the guy who's relatively uh, average weight is going to look like the heaviest guy in a room and the obese guy. Do you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Sure do. That, that's not how statistics works. Like, get some water here. Sorry, really thirsty today. The second thing, again, the gun deaths, the gun death statistic, it takes into account a lot of suicides, which, again, how, however tragic they are, it's not the same as talking about a gun homicide. Um, secondly, on this, or third, I should say, in the piece, which is interesting, uh, but this is actually from a Wall Street Journal piece today, this statistic uh, by, who is it, uh, John Galston. I can't put it in the show notes because it's subscriber only, but he makes a point I've made over and over again. And I think it's an important one. Folks, if, gosh, I'm trying to be so delicate with this topic because I just, uh, I, I, I'm afraid, I really, really would like, I'm, I'm, I'm desperately trying to get Democrats and liberals to listen here because I understand the emotions surrounding this, but I think it's an important topic. If your premise, if your overall premise is that more guns equals more gun crime, more gun homicides in a more violent society, Joe, don't you think you'd be able to show that, yeah. that more guns have in fact, I mean, this is not, I'm not trying to set you up, Joe. Don't you think like more mm. guns would then in fact equal more crime, more gun crime, more gun homicides? Yeah, I might think that, yeah. It would be common sense. Mm-hmm. Well, as we've seen, the United States is not in fact the most violent country amongst developed countries in the world as we just debunk that. But secondly, that's not the case, Joe. From 1993 to 2013, This is an important statistic. Remember this, folks. From 1993 to 2013, gun ownership in the United States, the amount of guns increased by 50%. The number of guns increased by 50% from 93 to 2013. So according to the liberals' theory, their credo, their bedrock principle, then gun crime and gun homicide should have exploded. Yeah. They didn't, Joe. Gun homicides dropped by 50%. Listen to what I just told you. The number of guns has gone up by 50% from 93 to 2013. The number of gun homicides has gone down by 50%. Down. Your premise is not an accurate one. Your premise is simply not true. Your premise is entirely inaccurate. Now, I'm also going to include um, in the show notes an article, and I just tweeted it out if you'd be kind enough again to follow me on Twitter and spread the word. An article Kerry Pickett had tweeted out uh, from last year, from March, but it's an Australian news article, Joe, about the surge in gun violence in Australia. Now, again, Australia, they instituted a gun confiscation program where you had to turn in your gun and the government would buy that gun back from you. It was mandatory. Folks. I already told you about the research between Australia and New Zealand where they found no discernible decrease in mass shooting incidents after the gun ban. I also told you about the American Medical Association study in Australia that showed there was no statistically relevant decline in gun homicides after the gun ban. I'm going to put an article in there from March of last year which shows that there's actually been a surge in many portions in Australia in crimes using firearms. So what I don't understand, again, is we've now debunked the idea, number one, that the U.S. is the most violent country amongst the developed world. Your question to your liberal friends is, well, why are you eliminating the countries in the, quote, developed world that have a higher gun homicide rate than the U.S.? Why are you doing that? 
Because when you include them, we're actually not even close to the top. Secondly, well, guns, more guns means more crime. Actually, that's not accurate. More guns actually in the United States has meant less gun homicides. That's just the data. The the data doesn't lie. And the data, as Ben Shapiro says, facts don't care about your feelings. Finally, if your point is, well, Australia did a gun confiscation, gun ban, and look what happened there. Yeah, look what happened. Gun ownership. There's more guns in Australia now, by the way, than there were before the ban. Secondly, the research shown it had no discernible effect on either guns, homicides, or mass shootings. By the way, it's the American Medical Association for one of those studies, not a right-leaning outlet. And third, large portions of Australia, especially population centers, have seen surges in gun crime and gun violence. So your point, this is why I'm trying to tell you, folks, and why I'm so passionate about this and why I believe in what I'm doing. I'm simply trying to tell you what liberals are proposing has nothing to do with making you safer and has everything to do with an agenda. The agenda has always been to stop the individual ownership of firearms and the ability to defend yourself. And what's really incredible about it, Joe, is one more thing on this. I didn't want to spend, I have another number of things I, I, I want to get to, but the left does this a lot. They will make opposing arguments about things and in making those opposing arguments they'll miss their own hypocrisy you know an example i've given in the past often is public schools and health care how the liberals if when you follow the money why they make contradictory arguments makes sense liberals will say you'll hear them often when it comes to public education joe we're not spending enough money on the kids we're not spending enough money on the kids mm. yet when it comes to health care by the way even despite government spending, our healthcare system is still the best in the world, and our education system is one of the worst. They'll say we're spending too much money. We're spending too much money on healthcare. Wait, what is it? In one case, public education, the system is failing. The system's failing. We rank towards the bottom of all the OECD countries in our education results and the results we produce on uh, on, on aptitude tests. Uh, excuse me, achievement tests. We rank that there's a big difference on achievement tests. We rank towards the bottom. Yet you're still insisting that we're so the money obviously is not working. Yet we are spending money in our healthcare system. Believe me, I'm not saying we don't have significant problems in our healthcare system. I've done entire shows on that. I'm simply saying where there's still a significant private market, free market component to it, it's actually working. And you're saying we're spending too much. It doesn't make sense. Now, why? Why do they make two different arguments? In one case, we're spending too little. In one case, we're spending too much, despite the fact that the results are completely different. They make two different arguments because the public education system, the money that goes into the public education system through taxpayers finds its way into basically what's become, in some cases, a jobs program for people who vote Democrat. You've seen a bloat in administration where taxpayer dollars go in the education mm-hmm. system. And you've also seen a lot of money wind, in the, wind up in the hands of teachers unions that in, in, I mean, just by the percentages overwhelmingly vote Democrat. Yeah. So the money, you need to keep the money flowing to keep the teachers unions happy. I'm not blaming teachers. Don't email me that teachers are great. I'm talking about the organized interests that don't represent, I think, what teachers really stand for, in my opinion. But do you see how that money eventually benefits Democrats? Yeah. Well, what happens in the healthcare system? 
the money, the end result of that money is not, in fact, teachers unions. It's typically hospitals, doctors, nurses. And, you know, it's probably 50-50. Half of them are probably Democrats. Half of them are Republicans. In short, it does not exclusively benefit the Democrat Party. So the argument is always we spend too much. We spend too much. We spend too much because it doesn't benefit them. But Democrats never see the irony there because they don't want to see the irony. I should say liberals. But you see the same thing, Joe, when it comes to the firearm issue. They will make an argument about abortion, right? And when you turn the argument on them about firearms, they, have no, they, they, they simply have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. They'll say something like, well, you know, on abortion, we, you know, if we were to make abortion uh, you know, illegal, say even after 20 weeks, then women are just going to go in the back alley and, and, and do um, and, and, you know, have an, abor- an illegal abortion, which would be dangerous. So the premise of what you're saying, just to be clear, on the, and, and I'm not, this is what liberals are saying. I, I, am, I am saying laws matter. I just want to be clear on this. The liberals say laws don't matter, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. In other words, you pass a law on abortion, and of course, what's going to happen is women are just going to circumvent the law and have an abortion anyway, and it's going to put them in danger, so therefore, why pass the law? So, Joe, I'm not crazy, right? Laws don't matter. Right. But yet, when it comes to firearms, despite the evidence that the laws do not work, their laws... The assault weapons ban, the Department of Justice's own sponsored study, the assault weapons ban did not work. The Australian gun ban, as I've told you now for two shows now, did not work. Evidence mounting uh, that increased gun ownership does not lead to increased crime rates, despite the fact that there's an overwhelming amount of evidence that your statements and your premise about reduced gun ownership, increasing your personal safety are irrelevant. You're asking for more laws, despite the fact on abortion that you're making the argument that laws don't work. Laws do work. And by the way, we don't have unfettered access to guns. We have a background check system. We have a NICS system. We have a prevention device from dangerous felons buying weapons. We, it's illegal currently to have do straw purchases. In other words, Joe, I can't buy a gun for you and give it to you. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. This is all illegal. So don't tell me we have unfettered access to guns. The conservative point is laws do work. We have reasonable laws in place and regulations in place to prevent criminals and, and people who are going to prey on us from accessing dangerous weapons we already have those but what you want is you want more laws just to be clear joe to sum this up liberals are arguing for more laws that we've produced evidence will do nothing because the evidence is already there despite the fact that on abortion you're making the opposite case that laws don't do anything at all this is do you understand like why again why i wake up every morning frustrated about I love my country. I'm a patriot. This is the greatest place on earth, and I'm happy to be alive at this time. I thank God every day for the gifts and opportunities he's put in front of me. But it is frustrating being a conservative because when you turn that to liberals and you ask them that question, they did, uh, 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 they stutter and stammer because they have nothing to say. Because, folks, it's to them, it's not about reason, and it's about strictly emotion. They play on people's emotions to enact an agenda, and that agenda is the diminution, the decreasing of individual liberty at the, at, at the, uh, at the expense of individual liberty and benefiting entrenched state power interests. That's always what this has been about. It's been that from the start. And when you point out the hypocrisy of it, they either ignore it or they just move on to the next argument. But that's another argument to bring up to your friends. Well, then, if you know, if, if laws are going to stop gun violence and, you know, what's your argument about abortion? Do you think, more, you know, we could reduce the abortion rate in the country if we say uh, made abortion um, illegal after 20 weeks? 
No, no, we can't do that. Women will get abortions anyway. Well, you just said that gun laws will stop gun violence. Meanwhile, there's no evidence of that. It's nonsense. They make different arguments all the time, which is just, uh, it's very upsetting. All right. What else? I got so much. Okay, a couple more things here. All right. Today's show finally brought to you by our buddies at uh, Brickhouse Nutrition, one of our original sponsors. Uh, they, <laughs> folks, Field of Greens, that product sold like crazy. So they had a really big, huge rush of orders. Uh, it's been very popular. So uh, Miles has been very good in finally getting uh, getting that uh, the Field of Greens product. The, the orders were a bit overwhelming. So, uh, yeah. But they have some great stuff over there at Brickhouse Nutrition. My favorite product is they did shows, is uh, Foundation. Foundation is it's a creatine ATP blend. Now, folks, I know a lot of you have you know heard about creatine in the past. You know, it's interesting though. It's one of the most effective muscle building uh, compounds ever devised. I remember when creatine first came out and people were just crazy about this stuff. The effects are amazing. But for some reason, it kind of died off in popularity. Well, these guys over at Brickhouse, whoever you know, they work in conjunction with. One of the doctors on their team there designed a creatine ATP blend, which really makes the creatine even that much more effective. It's a great product. It's called Foundation. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. This is a true story. I'm not making this up, by the way. I always encourage people, if you're going to try this product, take the mirror test, right? Because it takes about seven days to load into your system. But look at yourself in the mirror and look at yourself in the mirror seven days later. It looks like you you added some serious <laughs> muscle. It's a great, right, Joe? The little Joe loves oh, it, doesn't yeah. he? he so I, I would, folks, I'm, I'm not spinning your wheels, okay? So I have this nephew, and he comes up uh, for Thanksgiving, and I gave it to him, and because Miles sends me a lot of the stuff, and I say, hey, take a bottle. It's really good stuff, and he's he was you know he just started working out. He's like, Uncle Dan, you think I can drive up and get some more of that stuff? <laughs> he's in Fort Lauderdale. He's like a hundred miles away. I'm like. Dude, I'll just pay to send it down to you. I'm like, you don't have to drive. That's how good it is. So go check it out. BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Check out Dan, excuse me, <laughs> Foundation. It's a, it's a really terrific product. Send me your reviews. I love to hear about it. All right. Uh, one one final note on this uh John Carlson piece. I was just talking about the Wall Street Journal. He's the one who put that statistic out about gun ownership going up and gun homicide rates going down and crime rates too. He, he has a couple solutions, and um, I just wanted to hit on these because I think they're really good ones, too, and I want to move on. But, uh, you know, number one, folks, remember, the the United States is a free country, and freedom, you know, does have a price. We're never going to guarantee, you know, the, the, you want absolute security, then, you know, you can have a police state. That's not what we do. And, and the way we handle the let's say complications because there are some that come along with liberty joe liberty means there are going to be some people among us who and i don't mean this in a bad way i don't mean liberty is a pejorative i just mean that a, a free society there are going to be people in a free society who take advantage of that of there course. are going to be people who at some point buy weapons knives guns bombs whatever it may be um and will use them to to hurt injure or kill others now, the way to stop that altogether is to live in a police state. No one can buy ammonium nitrate. No one can buy any kind of fuel. No one can buy knives, scissors, anything else. You're certainly not allowed to buy a firearm, ammunition, or anything like that. Now, that would be, in effect, a police state. It's also known as a jail. And by the way, interestingly enough, weapons still make it into jails where people get shanked and stabbed every day. So even police state tactics don't necessarily work in actual uh, de jure police states, okay? Um, the way we handle liberty in a free society is we allow people the freedom to, you know, as long as you don't impact on the freedom of others to do things. 
but we enact penalties if you abuse those freedoms. This is the problem I've always had in the gun control debate, Joe. And I always hate the term because you're not going to control guns as we've seen in Australia. You're only going to control people. I said in a speech five years ago. <sighs> Folks, when you go, the best, here's the best way to describe this. You know the old fire in a movie theater line? Well, you have the right to free speech, but you can't yell fire in a movie theater, which is actually not... Look that up. It's not exactly true the way that that's always phrased. But mm. uh, for the sake of simplicity, that's one of the examples used. You all have free speech, but you can't yell fire in a movie theater. Um, actually, you can. It's the penalty afterwards that matters. And why do I say that? Because nobody stops you, Joe, going into a movie theater and asks you to fill out a survey about what you're going to yell out in a movie theater. And nobody stops you walking into a movie theater based on your, say, conservative beliefs or anything like that and says, well, you're a conservative who may scream fire in a movie theater to test this out, so we're going to keep you out of the movie. In other words, it's not proactive. There's not a proactive prescription of liberty. Uh, oh, excuse me, restriction of liberty. For, forgive me. There's not a proactive restriction on liberty. I actually have a prescription. <laughs> I, I'm, folks, I'm dead serious. I'm looking at my prescription right now. Talk about a Freudian slip. It's sitting right there. There's not a proactive uh, restriction of liberty there. There is a penalty if it's abused. If you do get up and, again, fire in a movie theater is not exactly a great legal example, but it's the one people know, and for the sake of an analogy, just roll with me for a minute. If you were to scream something like, you know, I'm going to shoot this movie theater up, there's a good chance you're going to be arrested. Although, you know, you did have free speech. You went in there. You had the right to free speech. You abused it. You said something or you threatened someone in the movie theater and in your arrest. In other words, show in a free society, we focus on penalties for bad behavior, not restricting behavior in advance. Yeah. That's the issue I have with the Second Amendment. We focus so much on supply side measures and restricting these freedoms in advance that we sometimes forget that the real incentive to stop criminals and the evil among us is in the penalty phase. We have to make real penalties because we've seen the restrictions don't work. I've already told you about restrictions on gun laws, how they haven't worked in the United States, how the assault weapons ban didn't work. I've already told you this, how the Australian gun ban didn't work. So Carlson says, there's a couple things we can do. Why don't, number one, we focus on the penalties? Penalties for gun crime, penalties for gun theft. Joe, you, you have a firearm legally or illegally? What do you got? You got something going on there? You look distracted. Oh, yeah. I, I Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's part got, of the show. I got somebody coming out, going out the door right now, and I was uh, just talking look to her, seeing what was going on. Show it. Joe's like having a side conversation. Well, just, talking. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Hey, listen, this is great. You know, this isn't a live show, but you and I treat it like that. Oh, yeah. Because we leave this stuff. Joe can easily edit this out, but I just think it's funny. Like Sometimes we got to have... Yeah, I love the effect of a live show that's not live. <laughs> Did you oh, ask me a question? <laughs> yeah, I saw him. I'm like, I saw you. I'm like, what's he doing back there? You know what it reminded me of? If you ever watch Old School, um, one of my, oh no, excuse me, Wedding Crashers. The Wedding Crashers, confusing movies here. At the end of Wedding Crashers, right? Uh, they go to meet Will Ferrell, who's like the the grand poobah of wedding crashes, and he starts yeah. crashing funerals at the end. You see the movie, yeah. and he's and he they meet him in the house, and they realize what a degenerate he is, and he comes down in his bathrobe after crashing a funeral and and meeting a woman at a funeral, and he's sitting on his couch. He lives with his mom, and he's like, 
What is she doing in there talking about his mom? <laughs> mom, the meatloaf. Make my friend some meatloaf. What are you doing? <laughs> what is she doing in there, Wilfred? That's what her mind. What is she, What is Joe doing? What is he doing in there? Joe, the meatloaf. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I get this. All right. Getting back to this. So we have to focus on the penalties. Focus on penalties for gun crime and for gun theft. You steal a gun? Folks, you steal a gun, make it 10 years. Do 10 years. Do it. Why not? You steal a gun. You steal a gun and commit a crime with it. I mean, let's focus on the penalty. 20, 25 years. I'm open. I mean, I'm not, again, interested in police state tactics, but I'm interested in hearing an honest conversation about what the disincentive would be for people to stop doing that. Straw purchases, you buy a gun, you give it to someone who's uh, who's prohibited from owning a gun or even constructively prohibited from owning a gun. There should be a penalty for it. So those are sensible solutions that would you know, potentially work. But again, the left is interested simply in supply side measures, which is really, really disappointing. Um, all right. Uh, what else are we going to get to today? I got a couple stories here. Let's see. All right. Let me try to squeeze one more in here. So Andy McCarthy has a really good piece up at National Review. It's a little bit lengthy. Um, but give it a shot. I, I read through the whole thing this morning. Um, it's an excellent piece, and it's about the confusion that I see rampant amongst liberal commentators, Joe, when it comes to the powers of the presidency. Oh, oh, yeah. But the, you know what I'm talking like about? Lost, but the powers man. of the yeah. presidency only when it comes to Trump. Yeah. Like, remember, when Obama was the president and Obama enacted DACA with the pen and the phone, which was yeah. an unquestioned usurpation of legislative powers by the executive branch. Liberal commentators had no problem with it, despite the fact, as McCarthy points out in his piece, by the way, rather eloquently, that Obama himself said he couldn't do it. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're mouthing there. That's an FCC ban word, Joseph. Yeah. You can't say that. <laughs> Joe, Joe turns his mic down and starts cursing. Did you know that, folks? <laughs> he does. He, cur- he starts cursing. He turns his mic up. Yes. He, Obama himself said he couldn't do DACA. I can't just do it, you know? And then he went and did it. And a lot of liberal media outlets had no problem with that at all. But now all of a sudden, they have a renewed focus on the powers of the presidency. And liberals want President Trump arrested, charged, indicted, uh, I, I mean, brought out in handcuffs for even the execution of his own powers under the executive branch, which are defined by the executive branch. So McCarthy has a really good piece, a little lengthy in National Review, but he points out that these arguments for criminally charging Trump are ridiculous. Let me just quote quickly one part from the piece, and I want to show you what the real sanction on the president is, because folks, you can't indict or charge the president for executing his own powers. You can't. You can try. Good luck with it. But it's not going to work. There's a way to take care of that, but it's not, it's not the criminal process. Here's a quote from the McCarthy piece. He says, it would be better if the president hewed to that norm and custom. It would have been better if Trump had not pled on Mike Flynn's behalf to FBI uh, Director James Comey, just as if it would have been better if Obama had not publicly announced in April of 2016 that he did not believe Mrs. Clinton should be indicted. But the fact that it would be preferable for a president to refrain from signaling how he wants an investigation to turn out does not mean such signaling is tantamount to a criminal obstruction felony. The authority that FBI agents and prosecutors exercise when they weigh in on the merits of an investigation or prosecution is the president's power. There is no power that the president's subordinates may exercise that he may not, regardless of norms and customs. Folks. All executive powers are vested in the president. Meaning, 
-hmm. The Department of Justice works in the executive branch Mm -hmm. and under the president. If this is making any of you uncomfortable, by the way, I promise I'm going to there is a check and a balance here. I'm not suggesting in any way that the president is a king or a monarch. Right. I'm simply suggesting to you that all executive powers are vested in the president, not the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice gets its power and derives its power from the president of the United States and the office of the presidency. So does the FBI that works for the Department of Justice. If the president had taken Comey in and demanded that he fire Jim Comey and demanded that he shut down down the mic, uh, uh, taking Comey in and <laughs> Jim Comey demanded that he fire himself. If he had taken Comey into his office and fired Jim Comey and then demanded that the Flynn investigation shut down. Let me, Joe, let me just be crystal clear what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's not advisable. It's not recommended. I'm not saying it's ethical or moral. Right. I'm simply saying, and I believe McCarthy's a skilled lawyer, that that is perfectly within his purview to do it. Right. There is no criminality or obstruction there. It is not going to work. You are not going to indict the president for executing his own powers. You may not agree with it. Now, you may say, well, gosh, what's to stop a president from just unilaterally becoming a tyrant and 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 a man king? Well, folks, we already have a process. Process is called impeachment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if this is a news flash to the left. Now, that's not saying where we, I'm talking about the execution of legitimate presidential powers. In other words, if the president were to, you know, uh, on a presidential trip, pull out a shank and stick it in someone's kneecap and attack someone, and obviously there's that is not the legitimate execution of presidential no. powers, folks. I mean, I'm being I'm using a ridiculous example, but it's tough talking to the left because they don't seem to understand it. But the president has the ultimate prosecutorial discretion. In other words, prosecutors that work for the Department of Justice, investigators that work for the FBI, their powers, as McCarthy says in that quote I just gave you, rewind it if you need to hear it again, are derived exclusively from the president. It is under his office. So you can't claim that if the president says, hey, we don't want to investigate that. We're going to investigate this. We don't want to do that. We're going to drop this. We're going to look into that. The power you have to do that is derived exclusively from the president. Do you understand that? It may not be advisable. I'm simply suggesting to you that it is not, it's not even remotely criminal. The process to get rid of the president is impeachment. He could be uh, he could be impeached in the House of Representatives. He would then go to trial in the Senate. Right, that's presided the first over. step. The impeachment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first step to impeachment is obviously the the uh, basically the charges in the House, and then the trial in the Senate presided over uh, by uh, by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. That's the way it works. Bill Clinton was impeached. He he did not. He was not uh, convicted, so to say, in the trial in the Senate. But folks, that's the check and balance. The check and balance is you can get rid of the president via impeachment. It is not indictment or criminal charges for the legal execution of his powers, however politically unadvisable. Please read the piece. It's important you understand that because the left doesn't, they're so involved in the Trump derangement syndrome stuff, Joe, that they seem to be lost in all this and it's really upsetting. Mm All right, folks, thanks for bearing with me today. I'm sorry in the beginning of the show to spend some time on that, but there really is a lot going on behind the scenes, and I really need you now. Uh, My audience, uh, please, if you wouldn't mind helping us out, we'd really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Please check us out at Bongino.com, and please check out the show notes today, always available at the website and on my email list if you join. Thanks so much. See you soon. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.